Do you like retro video games? Then you should check out the Nerd Cave Retro on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can find podcasts. If you like the show, then you can join the Discord by going to the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter page and click the link at the top of the page. If you like the Open Micers podcast, but you think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court podcast hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Dead Game is the new podcast where award-winning comedy writer Wally Phelps and award-seeing comedy sidekick Carlos Longoria (laughs) use their powers of necromancy to resurrect failing or long-suffering game franchises. From Fortnite to Rock Band, D&D to Double Dragon, listen to Dead Game, where games go to get good. We also want to shout out our other patrons, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob himself, Mr. Robbie Hennig. Just drop that ass, bitch, it's open micers in the house. Pop that pussy with that open micers logo in your mouth. Chase them with this bald ass head, take a looking in bread. Open micers, bitch, heard what I said. Drop that ass, drop that ass, open micers in the house. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, open micers in the house. Open micers in the house, open micers is a mouse. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, open micers in the house. The mic is now open. And <laughs> that... Then thank you again to at uh, Mushmouth TB, Mr. Mark Simmons, for our new new theme song there. And my name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig, and the theme song's been getting credits lately too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the most recent credit of Sam Talent saying that's the worst song I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm going to send that to Mark Simmons, and he I expect him to use that in a bio. But, I'm still um, waiting for the theme song to play. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, that sounded like a threat. That, uh, <laughs> that music was very threatening. Oh yeah. So that voice that you guys hear right now is uh, somebody that I'm very high on. If you follow our blog, you know I've written about this guy. Uh, he is a comedian that you know from the Bob and Tom show. Very recently, you've probably seen his viral Facebook reels and clips. Uh, he is quite possibly the fastest rising comedian in the country right now and i'm very excited to be talking to him the host of the tarp report podcast <laughs> sam miller everybody how you doing man? Uh, i'm okay yeah i'm doing good today <laughs> how uh, do you how do you feel about our theme song sam i want to get feedback because that's the third time we've used it yeah man no, nah, maybe it should be the last time you use it. <laughs> it's terrible. It doesn't sound like I was, uh, I don't know. It uh, it sounds like somebody who's like learning how to beatbox and then kind of giving up and I'll just, like, oh, I'll just, I can't beatbox. I guess I'll just talk real weird. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. So, uh, no I don't know, whatever, man. People are into all kinds of stuff, man. If If that theme song brings you guys joy, and the guy you made it joy, then who am I to try to take that joy from you? Hey, that theme song has gotten us uh, a lot of content over the last uh, couple of weeks. So I, I'm I'm for, for a, keeping it, man. I, I like it. Yeah, it makes for a killer opening question. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good icebreaker. What do you think about our garbage theme song that we know is bad? <laughs> Even the person that made it knows it's bad. But what do you think? Why do you think it's bad? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with it. I think it's just, it just says, first off, it just says open micro over and over again, which is, I know the name of this, um, this outfit you guys got going here. But, um, so like open mics have their own problems. So right. um, everybody thinks they're either Bill Hicks or Bill Burr. And 
they yell about what they think about things, and that's terrible. So, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's what you get here sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> good. thinking you're one of those people and yelling about things. Yeah, yeah, good, <laughs> it, good. it's not out of the ordinary for us. Yeah, yeah. People ask me what my favorite part of being a stand-up comedian is, and it's it's hearing um 22 year old Uber drivers tell me what they think about things. That's my favorite part of stand-up. I'm like, oh man, I wonder what this guy thinks. Um, this guy from Redmond. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know what grinds my gears is uh, capitalism. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. And you know, I might even agree with the dude that maybe capitalism isn't great, but still, I don't, I don't care. See, I I feel like in your part of the world, you get the opposite of what we get because when when we go to open mics. Someone will come up and say something just slightly conservative or right wing and expect everyone to lose their fucking minds. And everyone's just like, you're not special. Like, that's just your opinion. Yeah, I don't know. You know, this is a very like left leaning area. And like, I honestly, I made a conscious decision a couple of years ago. I don't talk about my politics publicly right now. Maybe someday I'll start doing it again. But like career wise, I've just decided and uh, to not do that. Um, but on stage, if you pay attention to what I'm saying, I think I make some decent points about um, how I relate to the world as a formerly homeless individual. You know, right? Um, that I think that's a lot of why you know um, my comedy stuff is going well. Is it? Uh, Maybe I'm tackling uh, some topics that people haven't heard tackled quite this way in a while. So, yeah, uh, right. I mean, how how many famous comedians can you name that used to be homeless drug addicts? Like, I I can't think of any. Yeah, I think there's some. I mean, I think what what happens is unfortunately is um, when you kind of go through some of the things that you did. That this industry is incredibly hard to navigate. Um, that's the issues that I have is not on stage is the celebration and everything else is the, is the work, you know, uh, right. The social media stuff, which some of which, um, I do enjoy and I do get a kick out of that many people seeing my stuff, but, oh man, the, the emails to, to, to nobody, uh, that's tough, you know, cause I was ready for rejection. I just didn't know most of the responses I get from bookers would just be um, a cavernous silence. You know, (laughs) we we were just talking about that right before you got on the call. Cause uh, that, that's the thing is, is trying to get uh, out of town to do more shows and it's almost impossible. Like it's just, it, it doesn't matter. Like around here, if we, if we show up out of town, do some some mics and stuff no matter how many times me and jacob do these mics it's like they never it's like their memory they have a memory wipe as soon as the show is over with like you you try to contact and be like hey can we get a feature or whatever like who are you again like really you you know me by name (laughs) the stuff that i heard early on you know and i still think it rings true is like the only way to do anything in comedy is to try to just be completely like undeniable like you have to Mm -hmm. just like especially if you're out of town you know the it's a very top heavy pyramid you know i have a lot of friends here's the thing um this has helped me a lot i have uh, i really like dirt track stock car racing and i have i am friends with drivers and um 
stand-up comedy and stock car racing um not like nascar but like the local stuff is very similar there's a whole lot of people that are very talented that don't make any money and uh Mm -hmm. that's what it is i actually think that that's enough of that analogy (laughs) that's that's the entertainment industry in a nutshell like there's maybe five people in all of entertainment industry that actually make money yeah it's uh it's it's very it's very strange to watch there are a lot of comedians that um i came up with that were immensely talented that quit um Mm -hmm. and i i do not blame them at all so yeah i was just thinking about that the other day dude i mean five years ago on our gulf coast scene if these people that quit had the opportunity in the shows that are happening now just five years later then maybe they wouldn't have quit. Maybe they would have been able to move somewhere and make something of themselves. Because yeah. I can name 10 comedians right now sitting here that are way funnier than me that are just like, yeah, I, I quit and I had a baby and now I work in accounting. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, I think that they should be commended <laughs> for stopping. <Right. laughs> they made the right choice. Let's be honest. They did it correctly. Yeah, I, uh, I, this is, a Sam Miller hot take, uh, open micers podcast exclusive. Um, is it, I don't think about quitting comedy. Um, but I do sometimes imagine what my life would be like if I never started. Um, and that I think that, um, I might be a generally happier person if I had never started doing stand up comedy. Um, which is saying something because I love it so much, you know, but the first it's this combination of like, of like these magical moments. And then this, like this general, like kind of like heartbreaking, like, like jungle that you're like trying to get through, you know, like you have this, this art form that puts you in front of people that can like blow up your ego, like a, like a balloon. And then, um, these a multitude of interactions that just deflate you completely you know and well, i uh, think also luckily like- for me i have a therapist and i'm involved in a in um in a support group for people like me and i'm okay sort of <laughs> <laughs> well i think for people like us um you know the three of us on the, in this little room here uh, uh, for people like us, and I know for me especially, I can't I can't speak for the both of you, but there's like a risk reward thing that comes mm. from stuff like the the stuff I've done in the past. Like you know, I was a musician for a long time. I've made uh, made movies, you know, do stand up, and there's this risk reward thing that like I haven't gotten the reward yet, but I sure have taken a lot of risks, and um it. it and I, I feel like if I hadn't taken all the, the risks that I have, if I had maybe stayed in college and, and, you know, finished a psychology degree or something like, would I be happier doing that or being poor and taking all the risks that I've taken, but done some cool stuff, but no monetary reward yet, though. I say yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, my, you know, I think, comics and i think it's important on podcasts like this that i think there's probably some comics that listen to this is it um my margins are still incredibly slim um like i do make money doing stand-up comedy 
um, and I make enough to keep doing it, and that's about it. Um, because anytime I get like a bigger opportunity to make more money, I usually immediately reinvest that into like taking a stab at like a new area, like the Midwest tour. I I'm just now starting to make money touring. Like, I mean, I did this Midwest tour, and I actually did. I think over. I think I did nine. I did ten shows in nine days. And I think um, I think I might have brought home after expenses maybe seven hundred bucks wow. after all these days, you know. And um, and I knew that's what to expect. And then I did a nine day crazy like road tour where I went all the way out to like Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, and I pretty much just broke even on that, like. You know, that's kind of what that looked like. Actually, I did a little bit better than even. I think I probably came home with like 600 or something. But um, that one was hard to keep track of just because like the gas and the hotels and the food and all that stuff, it all adds up. But that's the name of the game, though. You know, that's what you do. You know, and now I'm kind of in this bizarre dance where like I could still make good money locally in the Northwest. And I've been, you know, I've been working in the Northwest for a long time. You know, a lot of people, you know, I'm starting to get like national attention now, but I've been doing stand-up comedy for nine years in the Northwest and um, I've been headlining for, for four or five years. I kind of forced myself into this mix, you know, um, cause I never really worked clubs that much. So I just started headlining bar shows and it turns out it works out. And that's kind of like not a bad way to do it. You know, yeah. no, no offense to any comedy clubs. But um, sometimes that's kind of a, they seem kind of like a racket to me, but what do I know? You know? <laughs> so do you prefer the bar, you prefer the bar shows over the actual comedy clubs? I prefer them because I could get them, you know, yeah. like these clubs, um, especially around here, you know, it's like I hosted my own show in Olympia called Vomity for five years. It was like a weekly show and I had people from all over the country perform there, you know? and um it it went really well and it was like a curated open mic with a feature spot that's what it was but we did it every week and and we did the best we could and that's where i kind of learned how to do comedy you know and when and then i would start taking stabs doing guest spots maybe getting some feature work here and there you know but the clubs we had like i was working the comedy underground up in seattle a little bit but that's gone like that covid killed that um, I still work for John Fox sometimes. I like John. Um, and he was a, the owner. And he runs the Seattle International Comedy Competition and the San Francisco Comedy Competition. I've done the Seattle International Comedy Competition twice. And then two years ago, I got second place, which was crazy. And, uh, yeah, you just do you do what you got to do. I don't know. Like, I, I, you know what's funny is as much as I'm like, oh, man, like this, I'm on this great trajectory. I still headline bar shows like I, that's what I do, you know, like I I'll go anywhere and do comedy. If the money is like I'm asking for a little bit more money than I used to um, just to make ends meet. But generally um, it's my goal. I After expenses, I try to make like 800 bucks a week. Um, that's kind of going up right now, which is cool. And there's some, you know, there's some shows now that I'm getting two grand for you know yeah. or like corporate things and that's great because if it because there's some nights where you know i might walk away with 100 bucks in my pocket 
you know, on, mm-hmm. on some weeknights here and there. So anyway, I kind of went on a rant. Yeah, there. that's gonna... actually something I want to bring up for uh, anybody in the entertainment industry, like uh, whatever you're doing, the corporate shows, if you can get them, that's where a majority of your your living money is going to come from because those are the good paying gigs. Yeah. And I work, you know, I, I, I'm getting more of those too. You people don't realize this. Like I work clean if I have to, like I can work clean. Um, it's a weird version of clean where I talk about meth a lot, but <laughs> right. it's still clean. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I think I get away, I get away with a lot because I talk about, you know, how I'm sober now. So it's more like I'm more setting up a redemption arc than I am like mm-hmm. just oh just everybody loves that this. everybody loves a good redemption arc yeah tell me about it it's kind of tiring after a while to be on it <laughs> I'm kind of over my redemption arc I kind of feel like I should start doing meth again uh, <laughs> just for material <laughs> that's my wild card move <laughs> but I'm glad you uh you bring that up though man because I mean you know bar shows actually aren't as bad as everyone makes them out to be like yeah. especially down here where we don't really have clubs like yeah. our our closest club is in New Orleans and a lot of people choose to not work at that club because the club owner owned a previous club and then went through a whole me too thing about you know touching people or whatever yeah. so it's like okay that's the one club we have to work at so let's just fucking do bar shows that are really good and bring in really good headliners like yeah yeah and that's the move i mean um you know i believe that stand-up comedy has never been like bigger than it i mean obviously in the in the boom days you know in the 80s or whatever it was bigger than this but yeah it, it feels like with this internet stuff like it's blowing up like you know what's weird is that uh we talk about how this comedian goes viral and this comedian goes viral Stand-up comedy as a whole is, like, viral as shit. Because all these platforms, especially TikTok, like, they, they need content. Like, they churn through it. Like, the, the way people consume the, this stuff in one-minute increments that fast, like, it, it, it chews up. There's all kinds of opportunities. Yeah. You know, like, I have a ton of comedians on my TikTok that, you know, put up 30-second, one-minute clips. I'm like, uh-huh. I need to be freaking doing that, but I'm 46 years old and I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm happy. It's funny. Um, you you kind of talked about it a little bit, uh, maybe before that, but I've had a lot of success with with Facebook Reels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really interesting. I didn't expect that to happen, but um, I had, I'm kind of do like every time. So I edit, I edit my clips. Um, um in canva actually is what i use um because i'm 40 and uh (laughs) i understand the platform and um right there i've been i have a guy my my friend tom captions them sometimes sometimes i caption them and then i have these one minute clips and i put them on tiktok facebook and instagram i'm not really messing with youtube that much i don't know why probably because i'm stubborn and i feel like i'm doing enough um and every time I put one out, I have no idea what's going to happen with them. Um, uh, what's funny is I put up a clip yesterday on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and it's barely doing anything on Facebook and Instagram, but it's blowing up on TikTok. 
like people love this clip on TikTok. It might be my most viewed TikTok ever. And I have no idea why it goes in one place. It doesn't go in the other. And like, it'll be like that. And like, also like vice versa, like there, there's been a couple that have done well on all of it, you know, mm-hmm. but usually it's just like nothing or one of them or whatever. And then you just keep doing it. Like, that's what happened is like, I, I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then the one that people saw the most was funny because that was by the Humboldt Jungle in Chicago. Very, very great guys. And it was that joke about me being a semi truck while I'm making love to my wife. <laughs> and that's what kind of I think that's really what kind of kicked off this this kind of rise that you're talking about, Jacob. Like that was kind of that was kind of it. Like I feel like, you know, it's funny as I actually wrote a joke about what happened when that clip went viral. Is it that clip changed my career you know and the best part in this joke that i talk about like i was in the comments of that video so it really is a video about me pretending to be a semi-truck it's this it's a really stupid joke it's me pretending to be a semi-truck and having sex with my wife and um the best part is that in the comment section there is a whole bunch of truckers on facebook and they're arguing about what kind of truck I sound like. <laughs> and, uh, it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, it's just yeah, whatever dude. whatever catches the algorithm, you know, on each platform. And that's <laughs> that's a game I am not willing to play. That's just too much. Well, there are some things, man. There's simple things that comics can do to make that stuff, you know, work for them. You know, and if you are a comedian and you want to try to have some more success online, just look at the videos that are doing well and copy them. Like that's basically what I did. I got a lot of help from Bo Johnson, who I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Have you seen any Bo Johnson stuff? I've seen him. I've seen his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Bo's doing, Bo's doing very well. And he's a good friend of mine. And Bo Johnson actually helped me a lot with my internet stuff. You know, because Bo's a, a younger man than me, and right. uh, the general understanding. Most comics are younger than me. That's what I realize now. So, <laughs> right. Um, fuck! I just had a question and I forgot it. Jason, help me. <laughs> I don't know what you were go- where you were going, but I wanted to ask. So, you do think that uh, you know, like TikTok and Reels and stuff like that? Do you think that is? what's keeping comedy alive or do you think eventually stuff like that's going to hurt it because of the short attention span aspect of it? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, uh, you know, I think that these algorithms and stuff, and it seems like what they were after was they really wanted crowd work and like heckler interaction stuff. Yeah. That stuff does really well because that stuff's exciting. But you know what's weird about that shit is that I bet out of all the hecklers I've ever interacted with, maybe only 25% of those interactions were interesting. Um, yeah. The rest were, were honestly, a lot of times, like, um, it's at a terrible show that I wouldn't post clips from anyway. You yeah. know? Right. Like, Me personally, um, I feel like the, the, the whole taking down hecklers and stuff like that, I think that encourages heckling myself. I don't. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I like to watch a comedian take down a a heckler as much as everybody else, but I feel like it it gives the hecklers out there like, ooh, maybe I'll be 
you know, I'll be the one in the yeah. video that goes makes well, somebody go viral. Yeah, I mean, think about how many people are are buying tickets to a Steve Hofstetter show, hoping that they get in a viral clip because yeah. that's like all of his clips. Yeah, yeah my friend Andrew uh, Andrew Rivers is actually on tour with Steve right now. I've been watching it; it's kind of crazy. Um, love, you know, him, with the the clips and like what people like and what people don't like, as far as like encouraging hecklers and stuff. So. Um, if you would have asked me a week ago, I said it's probably not the best thing. But right now, I have a clip that's doing very well of me dealing with a heckler, so I'm a fan now. So, <laughs> like most stuff, I really hate it until it works for me, and then I like it. That's how yeah. it works, you know? That, like, it's like um, a new food. It's like, oh, I've never had broccoli and cheddar cheese before, and then I think it's bad. And then I ate it and I was like, oh, it's pretty good. I love this. I've always loved this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, Actually, I don't know, man. Like, fuck it, dude. Like, you know, some of these folks, um, it is terrible and it sucks that maybe it is. But, you know, I tend to think that, like, the, the heck, hecklers are a part of comedy they're a shitty part of comedy but it's part of the deal and also not all hecklers are the same you know and i know that they made that movie about it or whatever with and i, I kind of want to watch that again i haven't seen it in a long time with jamie kennedy right and he has that you know what i'm talking about I, I, you just sparked a memory but no, I don't there's remember. a movie about um com comedians and hecklers and how people deal with it and it talks about like jason richards it was like the absolute worst way to deal with it um, by yelling the n word at people. Oh, uh, Michael Richards. Michael yeah, Richards. Who, wait, who's yeah. Jason Richards? I don't know. I don't know. That <laughs> I was about to look up Jason Richards, but like, is this yeah, someone yeah, I yeah, need to know? Yeah, yeah. Michael Richards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jason Richards, if you're listening to this. Just... Jason Richards did not yell the n word. Whoever. Well, he, he might have. We don't know. He might have. We need to. Yeah. We need to Whoever investigate. Yeah, maybe he's saying it right now. He might use it more than anybody. I don't know. Uh, Michael investigates. We need yeah. to find out. <laughs> But there's different kinds of hecklers. So, like, there's a lot of times there are people that are, like, incredibly invested in your act. Like, they love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And they just, they their issue is not with stand-up comedy and not with you, but it's with communication and humanity in general. They just don't understand where they're at and what they're supposed to be doing, you know. And there's a gentle way to handle that that's better for the show. Then you got drunk people that are just obnoxious. And, like, also, once again, like, what do you expect? Everybody's drunk. Like, okay. that's, like, right. like, you know. And then there's the people that have, like, real animosity towards you because they're upset with something that you said. Or maybe their wife is leaving them. And, yeah, fuck them. But. I've definitely encountered that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, remind, that reminds me of my question, though. Um, I, I feel like more comics should approach the reels and the clips and everything as a fan because as a comedy fan approaching the reels and the YouTubes trying to discover uh, new comics like that's made our podcast better because now like through the reels or whatever I'm finding comics that I actually really like and really fuck with and I'm genuine fans so then we get them on the podcast and I can actually ask them questions i want to ask them like i'm genuinely a fan of you i just discovered you this is great like you know we've done that with you and then we just had on sam talent like 
it's it, I'm I think a huge it's, fan of by the way shout out um sam talent uh he would honestly, love you dude. go ahead sorry finish your question no i mean i just that was it we can talk about something else now <laughs> the i'm i'm uh you know i'm i talk a lot on my social media about like what comedy is like at this level for me and yeah. it, um how frustrating like the business side is but all that is balanced with the fact that I like I'm ecstatic that like it seems like I'm gonna be able to do this. Like mm -hmm. the idea that um, you know, I'm like a I'm like a spiritual kind of dude sometimes. Like I but I don't really believe in the afterlife. I think that's kind of weird. But um the idea that I might get to do stand up comedy um the rest of my life as a job is so cool. Yeah. Like it's so cool. And yeah, like I'm on, like I'm bust. Like I work hard. Like I work hard. Like it's crazy. Like I don't know how many hours a week I work at stand up comedy, but it's a lot. And that's not in that. That's even without counting like the driving and on, on being on stage, you know? Um, right. But to your point, Jacob, man, I really appreciate it. You know, a lot of times um, that what I wrote about when you put me in that article and um like that's the kind of stuff that keeps me going is that there are you know people do recognize that like that that i do have something going on you know that i am uh because at my core you know the first time i did stand-up comedy the first time i did an open mic um i got off stage and my first thought was like oh man i'm gonna get divorced like um <laughs> because like you know i've been clean and sober now for 15 years but you know what stand-up comedy is the drug that i'm allowed to do um mm -hmm. and i love drugs <laughs> you know so like yeah, dude, drugs are great <laughs> yeah it's awesome yeah until you know whatever what are you gonna do <laughs> um yeah uh but yeah. yeah i've i've been i you know part of me you know it's funny like a lot of times I just, I'm just really, I can't wait to see what happens next. Like I have no, like, I mean, we could talk about what, what happened this morning. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I saw that. Cause I, I, I noticed that you said that you were going to post an announcement, like right around the time of our podcast. So I was, yeah. I was looking for it to be able to talk about it. Your yeah. album is finally coming out. And not yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those of you that like, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but like, I, you know, this happened. Uh, I think I signed with Stand Up Records two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, Stand Up Record is run by Dan Schlissel. Uh, he's a he's he's won a Grammy. He's a great guy, great label. Um, a lot of my favorite comedians have have been on Stand Up Records, and a lot of them continue to be on Stand Up Records. Um, yeah, so I have a three album deal with Stand Up Records, and the first one of those we recorded. Um, in April of 2022, we recorded oh, so over a year, over a year ago, well over a year ago, and yeah, it's coming out in October. So the the video portion will be released October 20th, and then um, vinyl and everything else will be October 27th. And the reason it's taken so long is because we're doing vinyl. Oh, so, that's wow. cool. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, vinyl. Getting vinyl made right now is like a pain in the ass. Yes. Um, but we got it's happening we're doing it and uh 
another thing if you see if you go to my facebook or my instagram um but yeah that uh it the cover art is made by my who's become a great friend of mine pat moriarty um who's been in mad magazine and worked with robert crumb and he actually lives in the northwest he's a famous cartoonist and me and him have become really good friends it's really awesome so I go out and hang out with Pat on his back deck and talk about trying to be an artist, which is weird. But yeah, I'm pumped. It's great. I really think like that album. Um, and also it, I recorded this. Um, it's called Round Trip. We were going to call it Full Circle, but there's another comic in the Northwest named Tyler Bowe. who's very funny out of Portland there. Um, he already had an album called Full Circle. So we changed the name to Round Trip. And um, we recorded it at the historic Capitol Theater in downtown Olympia. And that is, in fact, the um, the last night that I was like on the street streets. Like I was homeless one after I got sober. But my last night doing drugs and like being outside homeless, um, I slept in front of that theater. Um, that's where I woke up June 10th, 2008. Wow. Uh, and then I recorded the album there. Uh, so it's it's pretty it's pretty wild stuff, man. Dude, that is, a, that is uh, an inspiring journey right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired of it, but I'm glad that people find <laughs> it inspiring. We got to tell you guys about B-Rez Coffee Company. That's right. B-Rez Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by game. Whatever kind of coffee you like, they got you covered. Like the out-of-this-world chocolate and caramel-flavored roast. Or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate-flavored roast. You can even get your very own Open Micers Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. That raises a lot of questions for me. Uh, first of all, so... And when this comes out October 20th, if people want to watch it online, where, where will it be available online? This is this is the fun part, is that we don't all the way know. So they okay. were, I, 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 I'm talking out of my ass here because I don't know exactly what's going on, but it's a, they, there's like a video distribution deal that they work with, the label works with. And, you know, I was going to self-release, but I wanted to work with a label because I have such a hard time with like um, with organization, you know, and I chose stand up records specifically because they put out great content. And also part of my, part of the deal that I signed with them is that I can buy my own material at cost. So I, cause I'm going to sell shit out on the road. Like that's how I make my money, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, I think it's going to do really well. Um, I forgot. What was your question? I was asking where can people where will people blah 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 where will people be able to find it online? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so you're going to be able to buy like vinyls and records of this and then sell it on the road. Yes, and oh yeah. So to your question, I do indeed do not know. There is a chance it could be anywhere on the spectrum from um, YouTube, which a lot of people are doing, and there's a chance that might happen um all the way to like a streaming service um netflix would be obviously like my first choice and that's not out of the question but um we do not know right now and it's probably not going to be netflix um 
there's a good chance that it might be a thing where it's on like Amazon Prime or Hulu for like a certain amount of time if they're trying to do stand up. It's all like these market forces that I don't have to worry about because I'm on stand up records and they handle that part of my deal. Right. All I have to do is write more meth jokes. And Hell yeah. I write them really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so you recorded it in April 2022, right? Yeah. Okay. So if if I recorded any of my material from April 2022 <laughs> and listened to it now, I would want to shoot myself in the fucking head. Do yeah. you feel the same way? A little bit, but um, <laughs> also no, because, uh, yeah, I don't really think about shooting myself too much. Uh, if I was going to do anything, I'd probably jump off of something, but I'm yeah. not going to do that because I'm doing right. better now. Um, Which, I mean, I, I feel like comics in general, just like just a, a backstage like comedy thing. It's like we hate listening to material that like, we don't do anymore or whatever yeah. because it's like, oh shit, I'm funnier than that now. So here's the thing is that I still do my opener from that and I'll still do that closer that's on the album. Gotcha. Um, because I really like it. And there's some stuff in the middle that I'll occasionally do. And um, the way my material evolves, I think, might be different than other comics sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. I usually write on stage. And um, a lot of times, outside of writing on stage, I will take pieces of jokes and put them... I'll take pieces of old jokes and put them in the middle of new jokes. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll put new jokes in the middle of old jokes. And then... I'll do jokes backwards. Sometimes I'll start jokes and I won't finish them because um, I'll start <laughs> doing something else. I don't really, every time I get on stage, um, I have like an opener and then generally I have like a few different closers I like, but what happens in the middle, I don't really, I don't really worry about it. I just try to be really funny. So what is your writing process like? Do you just kind of write ideas down or you, or is it more? Yeah, like yeah, said? yeah. I, I just put things, I have like the notes app in my phone and then I put it in there and then, and then I never do them because I'm too <laughs> yeah. busy. Uh, so I don't do any open mics or anything. No, I've been trying to squeeze stuff in, you know, um, I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm working on a thing right now that, uh, I you know, here's something. Um, uh, I used to have this doctor who was like a combat medic. I really liked him. He was like this hardcore like army veteran, and um, I don't know. He had that thing where like each of his eyes was like a different color, and <laughs> yeah. it made him. He was really easy to listen to because um, I have ADHD, and his eyes would like distract me enough to where I could understand what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, that's a thing that I've never done, um, that I'm working on. Uh, this is, there's this bit about, so one of the clips that went viral is, um, a joke about when I was homeless and I let this guy blow me when I was homeless cause I didn't want to sleep outside. Um, which I try to say in like a nice way as to not like, I'm not trying to be shocking or anything. It's just some shit that happened. Yeah. And, uh. So I put out this clip online and I go, oh yeah, like I'm a straight guy, but I let this guy blow me one time. And 
you know, there's a lot more to the joke than that. But anyway, I put that out there. And it turns out if you put a clip online about how you're a straight dude that let a dude blow you, um, people do not believe that you're straight. And (laughs) I get so many like messages and like a lot of them are flattering. Like, I don't mind if dudes are attracted to me. I could give a shit, you know, that's good. Like that, that feels good that they're attracted to me because it's like, then I am an attractive person, you know, which I've heard is fun. Um, but some of them are very confusing. There's this guy. So I get these messages a lot of times from fans, you know, and they're like, hey, you should come to upstate New York. And that's a message I got, you know, and I get, oh, you should come to Kansas City. You should come to the UK. But I got a message from this dude. He's like, hey, you should come to upstate New York. And I was like, yeah, man, I'll try to make it. Like, I don't have a lot of say sometimes in where I go. It's mostly people who reach out to me is usually the best way for me to get booked is I kind of wait for them to come to me and then I start negotiating. Um, and he goes, yeah, I'd love it if you came through. Cause he goes, I'm secretly bi too. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. That was yeah. the last thing I thought when I saw that clip, like, cause you, you say it like the first line you say, it's like, I'm a straight dude, but I fucking checked. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reiterate that you are in fact straight. <laughs> you found out the hard way. But you know what? My see, so that's actually part of the joke is that I think people think I'm gay because I say I'm straight. Um, right. There's nothing gayer than insisting you're straight all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I think um, that's. I think that's what's happening. So. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's. His, that is kind of historically accurate. Like everyone is yeah. like, nah, dude, I'm fucking. Are either are you either you guys gay fellas? No, nah. no, no. Nah. Yeah. It'd be cooler if you were. <laughs> yeah, right. No. <laughs> More exciting. <laughs> I have um, a lot of. I'll be. I'll tell you something kind of wild, man. Is so when I got sober in 2008, right? I used to not be a very forward-thinking individual. Like I didn't really, um, I didn't really understand like gay folks, trans folks, stuff like that. And then um, when I got sober in 2008, um, a lot of people, a lot of the people that helped me get sober were like gay and like trans folks and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it was weird because like, I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm like, please help me, (laughs) you know, like like, help. And they, they helped me like some of the language I was using, like I was still throwing like the F word around a lot back in the day. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know. I think, you know, I always say this, man, to people in comedy, like, you can say whatever you want, but there's consequences and shit mm-hmm. like that, you know, and like, oh, yeah. I um, I think there's a lot of people that, confume, that um, confuse edginess for bravery, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, oh, I'm saying this wild thing. I'm such a brave comedian. I'm like, no, you're you're not brave. You're, you're just not funny and it's never going to work out for you. And like, oh, I can't believe what I said at that comedy show. And I'm like, that wasn't a show. There was four people there. And right. uh, they were all mad at you. And three of them were just waiting to go on stage and they're on their phone. But um, that's the thing about me, though, man, is it um, I have a lot of love um, for for those communities because those communities have shown me a lot of love. Mm-hmm. And you will you will never hear Sam Miller have any have any jokes that even even smell a little bit like homophobia 
because that's not my deal. And, you know, another thing, too, is that maybe it doesn't matter what I think about some stuff. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, if I want to talk about homelessness and addiction, maybe that's something you should listen to me about. Right? Yeah. But this other shit, like, what other people do, man, that shit's tired as hell, man. I'm so tired of, like, all these comics that have all these hot takes and all this shit that has nothing to do with it. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, like, no, no, whatever. Yeah, I'm dude. Get off my fucking soapbox. I'm from... Well, okay, so I'm going to say this, and then I want to ask you a bunch of questions really fast, because we've been having a lot of fun, and I haven't asked you fucking anything about what the show's about. Okay. But um, I'm, I'm from the camp that comics should just start writing jokes again, instead of just talking about opinions. Yeah, yeah. I'm from a camp where um, you should, you know, this is what I tell newer comics, is like, um, Talk about something that's embarrassing about about you. Talk about your insecurities. Don't go after other people's deals. You yeah. know, like that's what's interesting. You know, I was I did a show. I think I was probably two years into comedy. I was just starting to feature some, you know, and like, um, I remember uh, I was doing this show out in the middle of nowhere, and the headliner was late. He was in a traffic jam, and so I was supposed to do twenty five minutes. But um, but instead of getting the light, I get the producer and he's giving me the finger roll. Like, hey, keep it going. Keep it going. And I was out of jokes. Yeah, I was out of jokes. And immediately I was like, well, you know what? Like, and I was doing OK. I was like, I'm going to say something like bombastic. I'm going to say something that um, I'm going to talk about something that I'm ashamed of. And then I'm going to try to justify it. And that was the birth of these burglar jokes that I wrote, you know, right. <laughs> um, I riff that stuff because like, it's something that I was ashamed about, you know? And that's the thing is that like, I think that comics, a lot of times we want to write these jokes that prove to people how clever we are. Um, but people don't come to comedy shows to be outsmarted. They don't come to comedy shows to learn. They come to comedy shows to laugh. Like, um, so what I want to do is instead of like trying to unite the crowd about my intelligence, I'm going to unite the crowd about the universal feeling that all human beings have on a daily basis. And that's fear. Um, it is scary to be on this planet. This planet is not, this is not, this is a hard place to live on earth. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say we should go to other planets. I'm just saying that, like, well, Sam, I think it would be harder to live on Mars. <laughs> yeah, it would. Be. Yeah, now that I think about it, the only that might be worse. Than, yeah, I think it would be worse, Sam. Especially if you didn't have a helmet or nothing, just out there fucking raw dogging Mars. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you're not going to no. make it, bro. Yeah, you no. You can't sleep outside yeah. on Mars. Dude, but that you know, is the name like, the of cold... an album Raw Dog yeah. and Mars. <laughs> they say the cold side. Is like minus five hundred, and the hot side's like three hundred degrees or whatever. But what if you go right in the middle and you're like shady part, sunny part, shady part, sunny part, shady part, sunny part, like real quick? Maybe that would work. That sounds. Like I feel like Mc- we need to send a billionaire up there to try it out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Mars send sounds like a McDLT. Keep the hot side hot cold. and the cold side cold. I'll tell you what. If there's five billionaires that would volunteer to go to Mars, I volunteer to make their spacecraft. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I could do a slam and deal. 
There's a Home Depot about an hour, for, like, like I mean, not an hour, about a mile from my house. And I know everybody there. They like me a lot because I wander around and stare at the chandeliers. Um, I think they would like me quite a lot. So. <laughs> You're hey, just dude, like, I, I got, got a Wii remote laying around. I got some schematics from a company called Ocean Gate. We're going to make your, uh, your spaceship. Sick. It's just yeah, a wheel remote in like the thing for Mario Kart. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the yeah. fucking wheel. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I'll start my own company called uh, Spaceships R Us. And it'll be great. And uh, yeah, I mean, it can't be that hard. You just got to make sure it's sealed up pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's step tape. one. <laughs> um, Sam, I have a lot of things I want to ask you before we get you out of here, buddy. Um, First one being, and I know you don't really have an answer to this, but explain to our audience what's happening with all of the dumpster graffiti around Olympia, Washington. Dude, okay. Um, I'm finally ready to confess that I am, I have no idea who's doing it. And uh, I have no idea what, like, I didn't ask anybody to do it. Um, Sometimes it makes me uncomfortable, but mostly, like, I'm really into it. Like, I think it's really flattering. Um, my favorite are the here's good ones. I don't necessarily like the, sometimes like the I slept here stuff makes me kind of uncomfortable because I didn't sleep there. Right. Um, I, you know, when I was homeless, um, I occasionally lived in tents. I actually lived in a barn on the West side of Olympia for a long time. I lived in abandoned houses. I lived on porches. I lived in a few doorways. Um, you know, I used to have a joke where it's like people said I'm homeless, but in a way I had more homes than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have no idea who's doing it. I'm flattered. Um, me and Olympia have this weird, beautiful relationship. Like this is my town. Like I love Olympia, Washington, because um, initially when I started doing comedy, I was pissed off. I was like, man, I wish I was in Seattle or Portland. But the thing is, I go to Seattle and Portland all the time. And it's there. Portland's. Portland's about two hours away. Seattle's about an hour and 15 minutes away. Um, I am going to Portland on Thursday, you know, uh, to do a show. Uh, I don't, I don't know who's doing it. And uh, it's funny because I think, I think the thing that makes me uncomfortable about it more than anything is that I'm worried that people think that I'm trying to do this like viral marketing thing or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not, it's not my game. Um, I would never, I would never like do that. Um, there's probably like two or three people that I think maybe might be doing it, but just in my head, what's just as likely is that there's one person who I have no idea who's doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think people get a kick out of me, man. It's cool. I'm into it. Pretty yeah. flattering, though, somebody uh, tagging graffiti in your honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty dope. And you know what's funny is that I keep, there's there's new ones all the time. Like, there's, I think, I know at least about, like, six or seven, and there's a new one on a mailbox that somebody just sent me. And people at Olympia are funny about it because they're like, this one, like, I know, a, like, uh, my friend Heather, she runs, like, this little record store downtown. She's like, they put one right by my shop. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, there you go. But, That's awesome. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was on uh, tour in the Midwest, and somebody sent me a picture. And oh, wow. Man, it was actually funny. It was Pat Moriarty, the, the guy who did my album art. Yeah. 
and he was like um look what i found i was like what the hell you know? <laughs> it was cool. yeah it's definitely very fun um someone on our ask us anything episode we did a couple episodes ago they asked me and jason if we thought that we could successfully fight a bear and um we we came to the conclusion that no me and jason together could not beat a bear in a fight but i think our odds would be better if we added sam miller into the equation do you think the three of us could successfully fight a bear all right uh no um <laughs> inside sam miller history i used to, i worked for the forest service for three years i was a wildland firefighter for okay. three years um i have seen bears of different sizes um i've seen them up close and if any of these bears decided to tear you up or tear all three of us up they would do a pretty damn good job like some of the black bears that i've seen are like fairly small but even them man it's just claws and teeth bro we have all this wasted energy on brains and shit did you see (laughs) the clip of the little black bear that came out of the the gulf of mexico that came Uh it was a video was it pensacola or something Jacob. Oh, it was it was somewhere in Florida. Just a bear came out of the ocean, <laughs> and people yeah. on the beach are like, "Whoa, a freaking bear!" Yeah, dude. I, you know what's funny, man? There's there's a lot, dude. People don't realize how many black bears there are in in the woods. I mean, there's a lot of them, and they stay hidden uh, for yeah. the most part. You know. Well, my strategy still stands when it comes to fight. If if the three of us had to fight a bear. My strategy still stands. As long as I I can outrun the both of you, I live. <laughs> <laughs> That's the move, man. That's the move. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm dying in any scenario, no matter who we <laughs> ask that question to. I'm getting left in the fucking dust. <laughs> you know, I think the best strategy is to negotiate with the bear and be right. like, hey, I got this fucking sandwich, and um, this sandwich is better than me you know Uh, and then i'll come back and i'll come back next week and i'll give you another sandwich i'll come back with a whole pick a nick a basket yeah 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 (laughs) and you know what's cool is you don't even have to come back because you know yeah no sense of time yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) just just don't go in the forest again they won't find you yeah and then there'll be like a sad bear like waiting like a week later and they're like this motherfucker right uh why i shouldn't trust humans and then the next guy who tries that it won't work (laughs) i want you to briefly describe to me how you found your first open mic how you started comedy and what was it like your first time doing comedy briefly okay um so uh i mean people, we have time as as long as you want to be here people told me for a long time that i should do stand-up comedy um i started hearing it in my early 20s um i tried to be funny my whole life i failed forever um i was just a try-hard weirdo in high school um i did a lot of drugs and then uh i got sober in 2008 when i was 25 I got involved in a support group um and um people in that support group were like they're like you should do comedy you should do comedy and um i didn't um they asked they would ask me to speak at different events um i actually um so before i started doing comedy i was already doing like public speaking and um part of that would be funny like it wasn't hard to be funny 
Um, I'm one of those folks, like, I'm not funny because I want to be funny. I'm funny because I have to be funny. Because I've had portions of my life where everything else was taken from me, except all I could do was talk shit because I didn't have anything else. And uh, and then one day, I'm walking down the street in downtown Olympia, past a place called the 1230 Room. Um, I heard comedy going on inside. There was an open mic going on. And I decided, I was like, hey, maybe I'll try it. And there's a comedian there. His name's Devin For Real. Um, really nice guy. And I said, hey, like, this is stand-up. And is this, like, an open mic? He was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I thought about trying it, man. Maybe I'll give it a shot. And then uh, I went up, you know, and it was funny. Is he actually he actually put me up. He knew me from around town, you know. Like, people in Olympia have known me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a fairly, um, I, you know, I was a public figure in Olympia just because everybody knew who I was, um, just because I talked to everybody. and. Um, also, I was a bouncer, and everybody knew me from that. But anyway, um, yeah, I just went up, and I told a story. Um, and I got, like, probably, I got some big laughs. I did I did good the first time I went up, probably because I didn't really think about it. I just kind of did it. And then uh, right when I did that, like, something clicked. And I, I know a thing or two about when things click. It's the same thing that clicked the first time I got high. And set me on a course of of self assured destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, I pulled out the last minute and didn't die <laughs> doing drugs. But right. um, yeah, dude, there's no, there was no going back. Um, looking back now at that, you realize that like that was me jumping into the pool, and um, I got wet. Indeed, you know. Um, and I haven't, I haven't really looked back. And then basically one, once I started my, like I said, that was my first thought is like, oh no, I'm going to get divorced over this. Um, I was, I was terrified. That was, a, there was a lot of fear. I was so scared that, um, that I wasn't going to be able to maintain my marriage and be a good father and do comedy. And my first five years, six years until COVID or whatever, were me trying to balance my life and comedy and failing a lot. You know, I lost the job because of comedy. Um, I was working, I was a chemical dependency counselor. I lost that, lost friendships because of comedy, you know, because of my choices. That, that Instead of hanging out with this friend who was visiting from LA, I drove to, an, I, I drove to do a guest spot in Portland for no money. You know, and I made up an excuse that wasn't true. You know, I lied to a friend of mine because I was, you know, because there was a moment where every show was was the most important show. And um, and now my life, um, I'm a father, you know, I go recovery. This is my order that I do. First off is my recovery, because without that, none of the other shit works. Recovery, family, community, comedy. But comedy is a part of all that because I support my family with comedy. Um, I perform at AA and NA conventions around the country now. Um, I uh, and a lot of people in my community, including you guys, are are comics. Like that's that's right. who I'm around a lot of the time, you know. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean that's very real. People don't realize it, but like, yeah, I mean 
my relationship is hanging by a fucking thread because of stand-up comedy because that's like i'm obsessed with it i always want to do it whenever like let's go see a movie i'm like yeah but there's an open mic that we can go to like that's a night out right yeah i don't i don't hardly play video games i don't hardly watch movies um i love the nba i love basketball i got to watch one finals game and what's funny is it i actually watched the the last game the when Denver won, I watched it on my phone in the green room, you know, like right. of a show. But you know what? The thing is, is that performing stand-up comedy is the funnest. So, right. dude, I had a blast. Dude, last night, not going to lie, rough show last night. Uh, lightly attended, big venue. Um, it was hot in there. Um, I had a blast, man, because I got this new joke that I'm working on, and it worked, and I riffed a lot, and there was a funeral director there, and I introduced my mom. My mom came, so I introduced her to the funeral director because my mom's getting old. (laughs) (laughs) It was really, I was really on one last night. Uh, And yeah, like I said, like I said earlier, I want to see what happens next. And I do have a healthy marriage. I do, and that's because... um, I'm down to ask for help, so I have a therapist. Me and my boys are going to go jump into a river here in about a couple hours. We're going to drive to the Toodle River. We're going to go to this really great truck stop and get some food, and then we're going to go jump in the river. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome, That man. sounds like yeah. a fun Sunday right there. Oh, it's going to be cool, yeah. I got awesome kids, man. I'm a lucky guy. Hell yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you this last question, and then we'll get you out of here, Sam. Um, our fans would just be so devastated with me comes. If, if I did not ask you the pinnacle crowning achievement question of open micers. And I expect to have a pretty good answer with your past addictions and homelessness. But Sam, when was the last time you shit your pants? Oh. Hmm. Like how much shit? <laughs> Uh, um however much is noteworthy it doesn't have to be the last time if you have like a really good shit in your pants story oh okay i got one um so how much so i i started doing comedy full time um kind of and it was between delta and omicron i i started between the variants and um i had a disastrous tour going on and um i lost a bunch of money i was supposed to do shows for these rehabs in um in what's it called uh where the mormons are salt lake city yeah yeah. i was supposed to do these shows at these rehabs in salt lake city but the shows got canceled because omicron or whatever right um doing these shows um at the last minute I got to fill in. I actually filled in for Sam Talent. Um, he he had like personal stuff going on. I filled in for Sam Talent in Fort Collins, Colorado. And so I moved. I canceled one show in Boulder and I went and did this show. And I got to headline and I made enough money to cover expenses, you know. Nice. But I didn't have enough money for a hotel. So I just basically started driving from Colorado back home, which is about a 23-hour drive. And um, it was like four in the morning and I was in Wyoming, right? And there was thunderstorms all around me, right? But not like not one raindrop actually hit my car. 
but I'm watching this lightning in the distance across the prairie. It was fucking awesome, right? Mm -hmm. And I was listening to Pink Floyd, and I had my (laughs) windows down and my shirt off, and I was just driving really fast. (laughs) It's weird because, like, I don't do drugs or whatever, but, like, sometimes it's like I do drugs, you know? (laughs) Like, it's like, like driving across Wyoming and, like, you know, you can have psychedelic experiences completely sober if you set it set set your life up the right way. Um, but anyway, um, I'm driving. It's very windy, right? Very windy out on the prairie in Wyoming. And I, and every time the lightning flashes, I'm seeing like the shapes of the mountains around me and stuff. It was amazing. That's awesome. But anyway, driving, right? Probably going about 90, which is like the, the speed limit out there. The speed limit's like, like 80, 80 or whatever. So, you, you know. Anyway, no other cars. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this giant white shape like jumps in front of my car, right? And my initial thought was that it was a horse, like a white horse Mm -hmm. had jumped in front of my car. And it was just right there. And um, it scared me so bad that I didn't shit my pants, but like, you know, when people are like, oh, it scared the shit out of me. Like I kind of had to poop already. And what happened was like a little turd poked out, touched my underwear and then popped right back in. And um, once I realized that I was okay, because what it was is, you know, that white, that Tyvek stuff that they wrap houses with. Yeah. Yeah. So there was about a, a 30 foot section of Tyvek that was blowing across the prairie Jesus. and it blew in front of my car as I was driving. And, um, so when my car hit it, it's just like, it's like nothing. It's yeah. like hitting like a bed sheet or whatever. It just, I barely hit it at all. Mostly that wind from my car just kind of, and it was behind me already. But it scared the shit out of me. It was <laughs> fucking terrifying. Uh, and yeah, that was the last time that poop touched my pants so that's that's why i asked like how much shit because it probably just left like a little like you know it's like one of those um one of those stampers they use in bingo oh yeah i was yeah. thinking like a bingo yeah. marker a just like shit. <laughs> just a little stamp of shit on there oh, sam that uh, that uh did not disappoint i'm very yeah. glad we got to ask that question uh thank you so much for coming on our podcast dude um, I'm a, just a huge fucking fan of yours. Uh, anything that people need to know, where, where can they find you? Talk about your podcast, everything. Uh, yeah, my podcast, it's called the tarp report with Sam and Jess. Um, it's me and Jess Anderson's podcast. Jess Anderson, um, is a newer comedian. And I think she's going to be, a, she's already doing really well, but I think she's great. Um, and yeah, we talk about a lot of stuff. I don't know. When we started it, we were like, let's not talk about comedy and like, let's not. And then we just pretty much, we talk about comedy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, we won't have guests. And now we have guests, dude. My mom is a frequent guest on that podcast, <laughs> which is fun. Um, There's that. And then on social media, so Sam Miller Comedy on Facebook, uh, Sam Miller Comedian on Instagram, Sam Miller Comedy on TikTok. Uh, and sammillercomedy.com has all my stuff. Uh, that will be in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And I, you know, what's funny is when I'm done with this, I got to 
update my website and do all that stuff. Like I said, I got that album coming out uh, October 20th for the special on whatever platform it is. And then October 27th for iTunes and all those other platforms. Well, so. would you uh, would you like to come back on the show in October? I'd love to. I'd love to. You guys awesome. are delightful. Let's so. put them awesome, on. The, let's put them back on the schedule there, Jacob. Work that out for yeah. us. Yeah, we can definitely do that. It has been an absolute blast being here with you today, uh, oh, Sam. It's, I, had, uh, I had a good time too. You guys are cool, dude. Best of luck with everything, and um, just you know, keep us updated on everything and we'll uh we'll have you back on the show in october everybody out there go check him out just go to sammillercomedy.com and uh check out everything he's doing jacob what you got going on before we leave today yes october 6th you can catch me stoned versus drunk versus sober showcase i will be on team drunk you got a happy meal did you get me something Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, she tricked me. There's McDonald's waiting for me. Oh, nice. oh, nice. Look at you. <laughs> it, like, wouldn't you shit, Dad. Yeah. it wouldn't be an episode of Open Micers without an unexpected appearance from the three year old in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stone versus Drunk versus Sober. I'm going to be team drunk October 6th. Um, dude, this month on the podcast is going to be fucking phenomenal. We just kicked it off with Sam Miller. Next week, we've got Dave Stone. We've got Jake from the Joke World YouTube channel coming on. We've got Ian Bag coming on in the middle of the month, and we're capping it all off with two fantastic local guys, Austin Church and Ben Compton, on the same episode. It's going to be a fucking blast. I Get think I worked Patreon. with Ben actually. You know that? Oh yeah, Ben Compton. Maybe I think he was in. I think we worked together in Austin. Um, maybe I don't know. More than likely, More than he did likely, Heart of yeah. the City. That's that's yeah. his big credit. Yeah. yeah, I love him, dude. He's awesome. Um. Yeah, you guys get in our Patreon. We're killing you with content over there. Uh, you get to see my screenplay. There's a new episode of Open Rants on there. We're going to do headliners on there. And uh, yeah, you guys go get in the Patreon for a dollar a month. Yes, go to, to Patreon. Let me go ahead and play our music here. If you want to join our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash OM Podcast. And if you want to uh, email us, email us at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com. And our website is openmicers.com. Huge thank you to Mr. Sam Miller for being here today. And we will see you guys next week. You should get better at the <laughs> this podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.